Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. As the triumphant King of kings and Lord of lords. When he came the first time, he came on a donkey. But when he comes back, he's coming back on a great white horse. When he came the first time, he came alone. But on the second time he comes, he's coming with his saints and his angels with him. When he came the first time, he was crowned with a crown of thorns. But the second time, he's going to be wearing the crown of crowns. When he came the first time, they called him the king of the Jews. When he comes back, they'll call him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When he came the first time, he had no money to pay taxes, but when he comes back, he's coming as the owner of it all. When he came the first time, people mocked him and jeered at him, but when he comes back the second time, they will fear and tremble before him. When he came the first time, he came as man. When he comes back, he's coming as God. When he came the first time, he came meek and lowly, but when he comes back, he's coming in power and great glory. When he came the first time, he came with nails in his hands, but when he comes back, he's coming with a rod of iron. He hung on a cross the first time, the second time he's going to sit on a throne. When he came the first time, he was judged in Pilate's hall, but when he comes back, he'll be the judge of all. He came the first time as a lamb to be slain, but when he comes back, he's coming as the conquering, roaring lion of the tribe of Judah. That's Jesus, my King. (laughs) Yeah, so today as we celebrate Him coming in on His triumphant entry, as we celebrate Him coming in as, as the Lord who came to be slaughtered for you and I, we celebrate also that He's coming back. You know, I said it earlier, but, but in that moment, he was riding in on a donkey. But today, he's ushered in on our praise. That moment, that, that donkey. And, and today, I want to take a different kind of look. Tell your neighbor and say, different kind of look. I want to take a different kind of look at Passover, or at the, at the triumphant entry, excuse me. I want, to, I want to take a different kind of look. And maybe, maybe as we're talking about the power of your praise, you might be able to relate it to what I'm talking to this morning. I want to look at the eyes, through the eyes of the donkey this morning. I want to look at the triumphant entry through the, through the eyes of the donkey. Here is a donkey that, that was... Jesus actually talked about it. We're going we're to get there, but you say, Pastor, you're going to look through the eyes of the donkey. Yeah, just hang on. Just hang on with me. If you have your Bibles in Matthew 21, in Matthew chapter 21, and verse 1, and it says, When they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. 
All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, this is from Zechariah 9, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Verse 7, They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. Then the multitudes who went before them and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you came triumphant. You came and you're coming again. Lord, I pray that today that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear maybe what we've never heard or seen before. Lord, that I, I pray for my friends that are here today. Lord, that you would open up our hearts. Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us in a whole new way. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here, this, here is this donkey. That Jesus was riding into town on. The Bible tells us in Matthew 2 and 21 here. In verse 2 it says, Go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied. This donkey in Luke was talked about. Jesus added in Luke 19.30 that the donkey had never been ridden on. This donkey was a chosen donkey. You have been chosen by Christ. Your life is chosen. Amen. You have been chosen by God. And John 15, it says, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and fruit that remains. Yeah, just like this donkey, you have been chosen. You have been appointed in the middle of your mess. When you were yet an enemy of God, the Bible says that Jesus sought you out. He found you in the middle of your pit of despair. Just like Gideon who was hiding out in the wine press. He found him right in the middle of his mess. And he's found you today. He's walking the aisles of this church today. He's, he's tuning you in via live streaming for those who are watching th through the internet. He's found you and he's placed his hand on your life. Just like this donkey had been set apart for the master's use. No one had ridden the donkey. Jesus knew exactly where the donkey was. He knew exactly what what address he was at. The GPS signal was labeled right on top of that donkey. So the disciples knew where to find him. Jesus has a GPS marked on your forehead. It's called the seal of the Holy Ghost. And every blessing is attracted to it. Every promise is attracted to it. Every calling and purpose of God is attracted to that GPS signal on your head. It's time that you recognize that you're chosen. You've been chosen by God. You've been chosen for His purpose. That, that poor donkey had no idea who was going to be sitting on him. He had no idea that the king of the universe, the one who was involved in his very creation, that donkey's great, 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 great granddaddy had been handmade, had been hand-formed by the very word of the living God. And that very same God was now riding on his back into Jerusalem. Think about for a moment 
that the very creative nature of God that breathed breath into your lungs is the same God who's living on the inside of you, who's placed his mark on your life, who's chosen you for his purpose. My good God, he's chosen you. You might feel like you're no better than a donkey today. Then you, that's okay. Join the company of the lowly donkey and say, I've been chosen by my God. In 1 Corinthians it says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. The things which are not to bring to nothing those things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. I love that. Of him you are in Christ Jesus. You have nothing to bring. You're like that lowly donkey that has nothing special to offer. But in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of being despised, in the middle of being rejected, in the middle of having nothing of significance to offer, the king has chosen to ride in on your praise. He's chosen to ride in on your worship. He's chosen to bring the things of this world that are not that, that are to not because of your life. I want to talk about being chosen just for a little bit. I, I know I've just started, but, but I, I want to talk about being chosen. It's not your faith that, that is the foundation of being chosen. It is the grace of God. It's the, the result of God choosing you. Choosing you. The result of God choosing you establishes faith in your heart. He he didn't come to you. He didn't come searching saying, hmm, who's got great faith? Who's got great faith in in the earth that I could choose them from my great plan? No, he came looking for the vessels that that didn't look honorable. He came looking for the the vessels that were impure and and, and had brokenness in, in them. They couldn't contain anything if you tried to make it work. He came looking. He came looking for you. And when he chose you, he imparted his faith into your life. When you didn't have faith to believe, when you couldn't see the plan or purpose of God for your life, when you thought all hope was lost and everything was in despair, he chose you, my good God. He chose you and put his faith on the inside of you. I didn't know what I needed, but he found me and gave me everything. I didn't know that I, I didn't know that I had a purpose. I didn't know that, that God could do anything in my I, I mean, I, I think back when I got born again, I, I was in I was a kid, I was a little kid in church, and I and I heard the story of Jonah and the whale. How many of you remember Jonah and the whale? Well, when I heard this story, our, our children's church teacher had these wonderful flannel graphs that, that, that you remember flannel graphs? We use video projectors, and they got 3D things now. But, but, we, but we had flannel graphs. And, and the, she turned off the lights when she was talking about Jonah in the belly of the fish. The lights went off, and all oh, the kids, you know, oh. And on comes the black light, and there's Jonah in the belly of the fish in the flannel graph. <laughs> and I learned that day I didn't want to be like Jonah. Swallowed up in the flannel graph. I wanted to, I wanted to follow Christ. 
I didn't know I needed Jesus. I didn't know. I didn't know that he had a purpose for my life. I didn't know that he had called me and chosen me. I didn't know that he had, had anointed me before the foundations of the world. I didn't know that, that there was an anointing on my life to preach the gospel. I didn't, I didn't know all of that. But in that moment, he found me at, at 20 Harvell Court in Cottage Hills, Illinois. He found me. No, but none of you know where 20 Harvell Court is. But God knew, and his GPS was right on my head. And he came and found me. And he chose me, and he set me apart. Hallelujah. Yeah, his, his faith is imparted into my life. Because he's chosen me. Because he's chosen me, there's no charge that can stick against me. Romans 8 says, if God is for you, who can be against you? You've been chosen by God. There's no charge against you that can stick. Who is it that will condemn you? Who is it that can charge you? No one. (laughs) Because you're chosen, it brings you to a place of humility. This isn't arrogance, this isn't pride, but when you recognize that I'm one of those weak things, I'm one of those, those base things, I'm one of those things that has nothing, that's me. And God's chosen me to bring to naught that which is. I, it humbles me. When, like Heather was talking about earlier with the, the woman and her offering, when I see Jesus for who he really is, it's humiliating in a good way. It's humbling I see my need for him. Being chosen nullifies any superiority complex. You know, there's so much in the world today about this race versus that race. Let me tell you what the Bible says about race. You can find it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says you are a chosen race. Says you are a chosen race. It doesn't say anything about black, white, Asian, this, that, or the other thing. When you're chosen, it doesn't matter what color you are. I've entered into a holy race. I'm not of this world. The great leveler of all racism is that you are a chosen person by God. Hallelujah. You've been chosen to eternal praise. In Ephesians 1, 4, and 6, it says that he's chosen us to praise his glorious grace. You have an eternal praise. Your praise isn't just 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's an eternal praise. Every day you wake up, every breath you take, every step that you take, all eternity you'll be praising God. Being chosen, I love this, being chosen means that God uses All. Everybody say all. All. Being chosen means that God uses all of his resources to bring you to his eternal glory. I want you to think about that. When we, when we get born again, all of a sudden we, we often think we've got to work and strive. And, and, and the Bible talks about working on our salvation. But there is something to be said for what God's doing. We try to put the emphasis on what we do. Isn't it good to know that my salvation is not based on what I do? 
that God is working all of his resources to ensure that you get to heaven. It would, it would, not, it would, it would not benefit the glory of God for him to not use all power to sustain you and to keep you through this life. It, 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 would, it would be ridiculous for a preacher to stand up here and to tell you about being chosen, about the grace of God, about faith of God, and, and then God to bring you to an altar of, of change and decision and you make that decision uh, to follow Christ and then all of a sudden, oh, God says, good job, you're on your own now. The same God that called you, the same God that chose you is the same God that will sustain you. He's made all of his power, all of his resources, every, every angel, every, every ounce of Holy Ghost power available to you and I so that we can walk victoriously in this life. If you are not walking victoriously in your Christian life, then avail yourself to the power that's been made available to you. He's chosen you and He's given you access to every promise, every bit of power, every resource that you need to make it into eternal glory. That's good to know. If you feel like this morning that you're walking under the weight of this world, if you feel like this morning that you're just struggling through your Christianity, if you feel like this morning that you can't make it, that every time you turn around there's a problem, and there's a, my good God, there's a resource in God for you for that. You don't have to continue on that way. You don't have to continue on. I'm not saying that trouble won't come because it will. I'm not saying that hard times won't come because they will. But in the middle of that, God has given you every bit of power and resource that you need to be victorious. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Being chosen means that God vindicates me. I don't have to vindicate myself. I don't have to stand up for myself. I don't have to try to vindicate the word of God or what his promises is to other people who have no idea what I'm talking about. God vindicates his word. Psalms 135.14 says the Lord vindicates his people. He vindicates you because you're chosen. Because you're chosen. Because, because you were the apple of his eye. Not because you did anything to attract it, but because his love was upon you. I love this. Deuteronomy 7 verses 6 through 8 says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it was not because you were were more in number than any other people That the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you. And is keeping the oath that he swore to his fathers. That the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand. And redeemed you from the house of slavery. It's because the Lord has set his love upon you. And he's made an oath. He's sworn an oath with himself that he will bring you out. That he will rescue you. That is why God has placed his hand on your life. That's why he's chosen you. And as a result of that, God alters the course of human history just for you. Yes, he did. 
He altered your course of life just for you. You were on a path of destruction. You were on a path that was leading you to eternal damnation. And God stepped in and rescued you. He altered human history for you so that you would know him. That you would fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. He's chosen you. Somebody tell your neighbor, he's chosen you. Now, he, he didn't stop there. He said, go find the donkey. I've chosen this donkey. I want you to find this donkey. I've chosen him. He didn't stop there, though. He said, when you find him, he's going to be tied up. When you find him, he's going to be in chains. When you find him, he's going to be bound up. Now, some of you are getting this. Some of you see where I'm going before I get there. When you find that chosen donkey, he's going to be in bondage. But I want you to do something. I want you to loose him and let him go. Somebody's going to have to move out of my way. I'm going to take off running in a second. (laughs) Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he goes on to say, because I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives. I got a message for you today. Jesus has come to set the captives free. Not only has he chosen you, he's come to liberate you. Not only has he placed his hand on your life, even in the middle of your bondage, in the middle of your captivity, but he's come to liberate those who are bound. If you're brokenhearted today, he can mend your broken heart. If you're in bondage today, he can set you free. There's no drug addiction. There's no relationship. There's no issue that's too great for our God. He can liberate you today. He came to his chosen with a message. Not only did he chose you, he came with a message to proclaim. And that message was a message of freedom. That message was a message of liberty. You know, it's one thing to come and tell somebody, uh, it, you know, I've chosen you and, and, and I'm going to liberate you. But it's a whole nother thing to do it. That's why Easter is so important. That's why what we're celebrating this week is so important. Is because Jesus didn't come just with a message that was weak and without without fulfillment. He came with a message of liberty and he fulfilled what he said he was preaching. He came and said that the liberty is coming to the captives. And he himself went to the cross so that you and I could find freedom. He he came and went to that with that whipping post. His body was broken. His body was mutilated so that you and I could find healing and peace in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our depravity, in the middle of life's circumstance. That beating that he took upon his body paid for your peace. That beating that he took at the whipping post was so that you, in the midst of being despised and rejected and hurt and broken, could find the healing that was promised in his message. It was the cross that sealed the promise and made it effective for you and I. He came with great power. He came with great glory. But he came with a great message And that was you and I could be liberated. Not only are we chosen, but he's liberated us. Yeah, he came to heal the brokenhearted. Psalm 68, I love this. Psalm 68 verse 6 says he leads the prisoner out into prosperity. 
Psalm 68.6, they might put it up on the screen. I don't know if they're keeping up with me. Psalm 68.6, he says he leads out the prisoner into prosperity. When you're in prison, when you're in bondage, that poor old donkey, all he saw every day, all he saw every day was the chains that held him captive. All he saw every day was the bondage. All he saw, I can't go anywhere. Chained up, can't go anywhere. That's all he, all he did. Just stand there, looking at the walls around him, watching the people go by, hearing the kids laugh, hearing people play and have fun. And all he heard every day was what he was missing out on because he was in bondage. Does that describe anybody this morning? You see everybody else getting blessed. You see everybody else walking in their purpose and in their passion and you feel like somehow I haven't stepped into what the fullness of God is for my life. The great emancipator has come to set you free. The divine emancipator has come to liberate you out of your bondage so that you can be released into your purpose. Just because you're not walking in it doesn't mean that he hasn't chosen you. Just because you're not seeing the fulfillment of it in this moment doesn't mean that He hasn't placed His hand on your life. The same God that's placed His hand on you, the same God that's chosen you, is the same God that's going to liberate you. Today. Right now. Today. Tell somebody next to you, God can set you free today. Come on, tell somebody. God wants to set you free today. There's, I, I bet you, if we, if we just looked real close, there's probably something in your life that's keeping you back from the fullness of what God has for you. I bet if we looked close enough, there'd be something. There'd be a little bit of unbelief. There'd be a little bit of doubt. There'd be maybe a sin or a, or a weight that God needs to liberate you from today. A little deeper. We can go a little deeper today. He wants to take you out of your bondage and set you free. One of the greatest deliverances that you could ever have comes when you, ex- when you receive the wonderful gift of salvation. This donkey for the first time in his life got liberated when those disciples came and knocking on that door. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You are on the other side of that wall, bound up, chained up, and in shackles today like the donkey. And Jesus is standing, knocking at the door of your heart. And the great liberator will come in and set you free if you'll open that door. He's knocking. Can you hear the pounding? His cry is going out to you today. I don't know what you came with. I don't know what bondage or issues you walked in the door with. But Jesus does. And he wants to set you free. The greatest deliverance you'll ever experience in your life is when the redemption work of Jesus comes. Every day, every step we take is a greater, it's greater freedom, it's greater deliverance. But that initial life that comes when you say, Jesus, I want to be unchained from these walls I've been shackled to. And I want to fulfill the purpose that you've placed on my life. I want, I want to fulfill the identity that you've given me. I'm, not, I'm no longer a son of, uh, of the devil. 
I don't have to look like the devil anymore. I've been adopted in by my heavenly father. This old way of living according to the devil and his plan, that's been changed. I've been transformed. I've been adopted in. It's the greatest decision. It's the greatest, it's the greatest moment of your life when Jesus comes in to your bondage and to your brokenness and says, I want you. Can you hear his voice today? Can you hear him? He's calling out to you, saying, I've chosen you and I want to liberate you. Oh, but the story doesn't end there. He says in verse 3, and if anyone says anything to you, you'll say the Lord, (laughs) the Lord has need of them. I want you to think about this for a moment. The donkey got set free because the Lord had a need for the donkey. The Lord needs nothing. He has absolutely no need of anything, but, but he chooses. He chooses to put himself into a position. He chooses to humble himself. The creator of the universe has need of nothing. He owns everything. But he chooses to humble himself and say, I want that donkey. I created that donkey. And I have need of that donkey. I want you to follow this. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need you. He's the creator of all things. He's the one that breathed life into your lungs. He's the one that formed you. He doesn't have need of you. There's so many preachers out there that tell you, oh, God needs you. God doesn't need you. He was running the universe quite fine until you came along. When you showed up, things got hairy. He doesn't need you. But he humbles himself. Says, I have need of that donkey. I could ride in on a chariot of gold and fire, but I'll choose the lowly donkey. I could ride in with, with angels, thousands of angels. Isn't that what he said on the cross? I could, I could call on thousands of angels to come, but I don't need all that. I want the lowly donkey. I'll take the cross. I'll take the nails. I'll take the donkey. I'll humble myself. I'll I'll lay aside my great splendor and ride in on that donkey. And the donkey's response was not, hey, fellas, look at me. I got the Messiah riding on my back. I'm big stuff. I'm the king of all the donkeys. Look at me. I'm the donkey. (laughs) No, that wasn't his response. The donkey humbled himself. He walked in the freedom that he was given. And because the donkey assumed his position, 
everybody saw Jesus. Because the donkey took the position that he took, everybody could see Jesus. You see, God's chosen you. He's put his hand on your life and called you up out of the mess of this world. You're a chosen race, a holy people, called out, set apart for God's purpose to declare his praise. And when you take the position that he's called you to, people are going to see Jesus. We don't look at the procession and say, oh, look at that donkey. That's a fine looking donkey. That donkey's been saved for such a time as this. Look at that donkey. Such a time. Oh, glory. Look at that donkey. No, nobody did that. They were singing, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. They saw Jesus. They saw the Savior. (laughs) In Isaiah 53, verse 7, it says of Jesus that he was oppressed. He was afflicted. He opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. What a picture of humility. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, riding in on that donkey. This was what he was headed to. But what a great picture for you and I. That our job is... To not exalt ourselves and talk about who we are and how great we are. Oh, I was in the, I was bound up. And I got free and now I'm giving rides to the, to Jesus. <laughs> no, we humble ourselves. Jesus said in John 10, 18, no one takes my life. I lay it down. I lay it down. I'm humbling myself. Nobody's going to take this from me. I'm going to lay my life down as a ransom, as a sacrifice for all. I love in the garden scene in Luke 22, we find Jesus in the garden. You know, in that moment, Jesus could have done anything. He could have said, Father, you know, this this just isn't working out. You know that promise that we had, that agreement? Can we just take it back? (laughs) Let's Let's not just forget it. Let's forget we ever made that promise. Let's forget we ever did that. But he is a God that he cannot lie. And before creation... The plan of redemption was in place. Before the worlds were ever formed, the plan of redemption was in place. And God is not a God that he should lie, and he fulfilled that promise. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He humbled himself. What great humility it would take. Have you ever, let me just Go down this path for a moment. Have you ever made a promise with someone and wish you would have never done it? Have you ever done that? You ever said, oh yeah, I'll be at your house at 5 o'clock and I'll help you do that. And 4.30 rolls around and you're like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? I, that was a really dumb decision. I don't know how I thought that. Anybody been there before? I want you to just magnify that times a million. 
that moment, I, I made a promise for redemption. I'd love for this to not happen right now. I'd love for, I, it, it, would, it would just be peace for me in this moment to not have to do it. Father, if this cup can pass, if this decision can pass, let it be. But, but not my will. I made a commitment. I made a promise. There was an oath. That thousands of years ago, before we ever created, that this day would come. And it's here. And the weight of it is so heavy. The, the weight of this decision, the weight of this promise, the weight of this oath of redemption is so heavy. Can you let it pass? So heavy that he was sweating blood. That his body was under the physical weight of what was getting ready to take place. He humbled himself and became my redemption. He became, he took on himself every obstacle, every sin, every weight that would limit me from being able to fulfill the promise that he placed on my life. Any thought, anything, any obstacle, any, any darkness, any, any sickness, any problem, any issue that would hinder me from fulfilling what he had placed his hand on my life for was now eradicated. The power of that was, Acts 3.19 says, obliterated. The very trace of the sin against your account is obliterated in Christ. The very bondage, the hang up, the issue, the weight that's holding you back. Acts 3.19 says is absolutely, utterly obliterated in Christ. There's no trace of it. Nobody in this room, when you repent, there's no one in this room that can come up to you and find a trace of your sin, of your path. It's obliterated. It's removed. It's gone. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Stop beating yourself up for what you did 50, 60, 20, 30, 10, 5, 2 years ago yesterday. If it's under the blood, it's obliterated. Now, it doesn't give you an excuse to go do what you want either. The same grace that liberates is the same grace that transforms. So don't, don't be taking that where it ought not need go. The same power of God that can obliterate your sin is the same God who can liberate you. I would encourage you today to become like the donkey. <laughs> Humble yourself. Recognize God has chosen you. He's placed his hand on your life. And he can liberate you from any bondage, any sin, any issue. Today is your day for freedom in Jesus. Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Come on, can we give him praise this morning? Come on, give him praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have come. You have come, that you've given us a purpose. You've given us an identity. 
where we didn't have a purpose, where we didn't have an identity. We were in bondage and slavery. The Bible says in slavery to sin, you've come and you've liberated us. You've given us a purpose. You've given us an identity. Lord, you've come. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, we, we come in sweet humility before you and say, God, we need you. Lord, this morning we say we need you. We want to be like that donkey who will, who will humble ourselves and say, Lord, like you said to your disciples, you have need. Lord, we say we're available. We want to be available. We want to be accessible to you. Lord, we let down every wall right now. We let down every wall. We, we, we let it go, every wall, every excuse. We let go of every wall and every excuse that's kept us back from you before. And say, God, we're ready. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one moving around. I want to know this morning, how is it between you and Jesus? How is it? How is it with you? How is it, how is it with your soul today? How is it with your soul today? Do you have peace with God? Do you know Him? Do you wake up in the morning thinking about Jesus? Do you go to bed at night? Is, is He the love and the joy and the delight of your life? Has He forgiven you? If not, today is a day for you. This day, God created this day for you. God created this day for you. The Bible tells us, that there's coming a day, and it's recorded in heaven's date book, where you will stand before God, and you'll have to give an account of your life. It's in heaven's date book. We don't know the date, but God does. It could be tomorrow. None of us know. None of us know. But when you stand before Him, Jesus said the only way to the Father, the only way is Himself. There's no other name. There's no other way. Being a good person, being a moral person, none of that works. The only way, the only way is Jesus Christ. How is it with your soul today? How is it? Do you have peace with God? I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if you're here this morning, and say, Pastor, I want to know that I know that I have peace with God. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. No one looking, no one moving around. This is a holy moment. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. You might be here this morning and say, Pastor, I've never prayed. I've never said, Lord, I need you to forgive me. I need, I need a relationship with you. That might be you this morning. You might be here this morning and say, Pastor, I've prayed time and time before. But today I need to know that I know that I know. I need assurance today. You might be here and say, Pastor, just pray for me. I, I need to know that I have a relationship with Christ. Whatever category you fit into, today's your day. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to raise my hand as a sign and say, Pastor, I want prayer. I want to know Jesus today. I want him to forgive me of my sins. I need a new start with him today. I want you to raise your hand all over this place right now. If that's you, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. Anyone else? God, that's, that's me. I want to surrender this morning. I need your mercy, Jesus. I need peace with God. God bless you. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else this morning? Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus this morning. I want to yield my life to Jesus this morning. Anyone else? If you're here this morning and you're a believer, I want you praying. 
There's people. People are making eternal decisions this morning. You need to be in prayer for them that are making eternal decisions. Anyone else? Be bold and raise your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Pastor, that's me. Pastor, that's me. I'm waiting just a moment because there's, there's an urgency in my heart this morning that there's someone here. You may not have the next moment, the next opportunity. I'm waiting for you. I need Jesus. It's really simple. It's going to happen right there in your seat this morning. God's going to come and do something supernatural in your heart and life this morning. Anyone else? Pastor, that's me. Anyone else? Anyone else? Last call. Five seconds. Anyone else? Three seconds. If you raised your hand this morning, I want us to pray together. I want everyone to pray together. But if you raised your hand, I want you to pray with me. There's no magic in this prayer. It's saying, Lord, I need you. It's humbling yourself like that donkey. Jesus, I need you. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, everybody pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you came to set me free. Forgive me of all of my sin, of all of my disobedience. Make me new. I believe I am born again right now. Make me a soul winner. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just give him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.